Welcome to the Rugby Leader and Podcast. Hello and welcome to a very special edition, a unique edition of the Rugby League Europe podcast. My name's Lee Addison. Alongside my regular partner in crime, Carlo Napolitano, before we go into the social media details, Carlo, just to check on how you're doing and how your week's been. Yeah, good, mate. Busy, 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 but all, all good, mate. All good. Good stuff. Well, we're not giving this episode a number, so we've obviously, I think we're up to episode 11 next. Um, we're not giving this one a number because we've just brought this out uh, a little bit earlier because the rugby... League European Federation had their AGM at the weekend, um, the weekend just gone. So we're recording this now on the 16th of September. So the date on Saturday was the 12th of September. Um, <clears throat> before we go on, social media details at the RLE podcast on Twitter, at the RLE podcast on Instagram, and the Rugby League Europe podcast on Facebook. Carlo, um, off air, I briefed you a little bit on what we we're going to talk about today, yep. and I told you that there was a AGM, uh, and or came out of the Congress. There was an AGM, and the RLAF reported nice things. And your first reaction was that that might not have been the truth. Can you sort of elaborate why you think that might be? Well, I just um, well, it says it got. Over 30 countries gathered online for this virtual kind of Congress meeting. But the the disappointing part is that there is no mention about the resolution, uh, even though a resolution was put forward uh, by and backed by a number of countries. I think eight, I think last count. And yet there was no there was no mention of it whatsoever. And um, it just again, it's very easy to 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 always mention the light, but sometimes. In good reporting or good journalist, uh, good journalists always report the light and the dark. And I think what we've missed out here is is a, a massive. There is a massive elephant in the room in regards to this resolution, and I just don't know if it's been addressed. And and, and it worries me the fact that it's just been ignored is and not mentioned. Then you know it worries me. It was. Well, well, we are the podcast. We never intended to be this. We wanted to celebrate rugby league in Europe. But we've fast become the podcast that is just telling the absolute truth about what's going on in Europe. So to put listeners in the picture, on the 13th of September, the RLEF have reported, in brackets, moving forward together, um, was the keynote from the Rugby League European Federation Annual Congress. So you listen to that or read that, you think everything's hunky-dory, you think everyone's happy. Um, Graham Thompson was re-elected as a member elected director of the RLEF board mm-hmm. and was joined by the Wales Rugby League chair, Brian Juliff, who replaces Serbia's Colin Cloeg. Mardi Chowdhury had his appointment as an independent director ratified. The RLEF chair, Maurice Watkins, CBE, is quoted, and I found this really interesting. In many respects, this is the dawning of the next era. We will have a new general manager in place soon and the governance review will enable us to ensure that we emerge into a new period of our development. So two things in that statement there from Mr. Watkins. One, the dawning of the next era. Well, why is he a new era? Well, isn't it just surely if everything is okay, 
and everything's swimming nicely, as they're suggesting. Why is there a new era? And secondly, um, the new period of development as a result of the governance review. Now, the governance review was something that was suggested in one of these resolutions. So you see something like that, Carlo, and you sort of straight away think to yourself, well, surely it can't have been so such smooth sailing when we know there's been some resolutions put forward. One of our sources said to us, the RLEF annual council meeting can be remembered as a clash of national governing bodies. One side with the RLEF, the other side with a group of nations asking for changes. Quote, the meeting was orchestrated very well to avoid any questions and not give answers to big, big questions. The RLAF has shown that it wishes to act in a way that is not transparent and decided that they don't need to answer questions put forward by its members. In a world full of confusion caused by COVID, it seems that the RLAF much prefer to remain unaccountable than to offer clear and transparent leadership in an approach that cannot bode well for the future of rugby league across Europe. The biggest question is, why are they, why are they choosing mm. to act in this way? So I'll ask you that, Carlo. Why are they choosing to act in this way? I have no clue, mate. Only they can answer that, really, pal. I think the lack of the lack of transparency is just a, it's just a, it's just a worry. Uh, but, uh, but you know what? In a way, though, the frank and robust and honest debate, you could say, in a way, I, I look at that and say, well, there is uh, there was a few sparks that were flying, and I think there is the left and the right, like there always is <laughs> in, in every mm. set mm -hmm. of politics. You know, there is a left and there is a right, and moving forward together. I think that's a bit of a step too far, and I think um, I think the people who who understand the game and have been involved at the European level for over uh, a many a many a plethora of years, you know, is are now getting sick and tired of the promises that are just not being that are not coming through. And um, I think the the people who are on the left are the ones that are you know new to it, and 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 uh, I, I believe in everything that's been said. And it, and it worries me. It does worry me. And I've said that. And again, it feels like we're bashing again. But we're not. We just want a better. We just want a a, a very good governance and very good development process in in rugby league. And a transparent one. Yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask. Some of the some of the items of the resolution were just damning. And th th this has not come from an outside. This has come from internal. You got to remember, people got to remember yeah. this. Like the resolution came from an internal, um, a, a, well, a country um, internal of the RLEF. It's not come from the outside. No, and yet we've we we. we it's not come from rugby country. union. No, it's not. <laughs> and the fact the fact of the matter is, th these people are saying this stuff not to not to cast throw stones at everyone, but just to say, listen, we're just sick and tired of the way it's been done. It can be done better, and it should be done better. And I totally agree. The one of the main problems that these countries have had, these I don't know how, what we call them. I won't call them rebels yet. I just call them questioners. Um, one of the problems is that there's an uneven balance in the voting when it comes to RLEF matters. So some countries they have votes that are worth five votes, whereas other countries have no power at all or one vote. And a lot a lot of that isn't clear cut as to why. So for example. England and France have power of veto. Um, when that was decided, however many years ago, is that still relevant today? And one of the arguments, one of the arguments, is that they provide X amount of the participants. So yes, it should be. Sorry, Lee, just to jump in, but can we right. explain what the power of veto is? Because uh, our listeners might 
know what that is. Veto is you can you can stop anything at any point. So basically, if something gets put forward, um, they if they if if they don't accept it, then it can just get thrown out. Yep. Yep. And England and France so, have the right of veto. And and again, but the, the, I think we mentioned this in a, in a previous episode is that if we're all full members, um, then surely we sit at the same table on the same seats. Well, this is what we've discussed on this podcast before, Carlo. In the 21st century, with X number of countries who've got anything between 20 and 200 participants in their country, is the current membership structure fit for purpose? And we've argued this before that maybe it isn't, it needs to be reviewed, and how it is reviewed is also important too, because the turkeys aren't going to vote for Christmas, are they? You know, so there needs to be an independent body looking at that. And so straight away, whenever you want to push through any change, you've got to contest this membership structure. I would compare it to something like Emperor Palpatine set up in the Star Wars (laughs) trilogy and the what the prequels, because... (sighs) You can't overthrow this empire through the channels that you've got, if that's what you want to do. And there's nothing to suggest that anybody wants to overthrow this empire. They just want some answers. And that is fundamentally a problem. They want it to be fair and reasonable, don't they? Mm. That's that's the question, is that that you want it to be fair. So, anyway, the resolutions that we've mentioned, and again, we have to paint the picture for our listeners in case they are not totally au fait with what we were talking about. One of the resolutions put forward from the Italian Rugby League Federation, supported by Germany and Spain, reportedly about five others. I don't know how far that process went with the five others. Um, Only two were accepted by the board to open a discussion. One of them was about renewing the RLAF constitution under democracy and transparency with an independent commission made by members. And it didn't pass. Um, and there's an allegation from our sources that some of the countries participating in this discussion on some occasions were not aware about the actual situation. So basically what our sources are telling us that they think some countries were briefed to stay on message with the RLAF. And the they are led to believe that everything is dem- democratic and transparent and that the power of veto is good for England and France. And there's a feeling amongst these nations, and it's not just Spain and Italy and Germany, there's others, that those countries were set up and were there just to rebut anything in the in the motions put forward. So they were there to run interference, if you like. Um, what was accepted instead was a counter-proposal of renewing the RLAF constitution hiring an expertise company, SIGA, to work on the renewing of the constitution and ask ask a, a non-independent commission, two board members, to approve and take the final text to the next AGM. So, again, a resolution's been put forward. There's now allegations that some members were massaged. I suppose that's called lobbying, I suppose, but... Yeah, that goes on, mate. And yeah. I don't think you can ever change that. I yeah. Think... The, the lobbying's a fair and reasonable way to get your votes uh, approved in in, yeah. in, in any type of uh, Senate, Congress, or 
or um, meeting. But of course, the the voting structure isn't fair. It's it's not thirty two members, thirty two votes. It's X number of members and A B C D E F G number of votes for one, and you know it's it's very it's very convoluted. Um, the next resolution about um, being more transparent on election results and accountancy. Apparently, the RLEF board again refused this request, stating that it was better to hide election vote breakdowns and continuing not to provide accounts breakdowns to members involved in EU projects. So remember, there's something in the vicinity of around about 700,000 plus euros that is being spoken about here uh, in terms of an EU project. There was an allegation that uh, invoices were falsified or were asked to be falsified. And the meeting has basically come up with the answer that uh, it was better to hide election vote breakdowns and also better not to provide account breakdowns to members. What do you reckon? I just, again, mate, going back down to the root of uh, tr non-transparency, mm. the lack of transparency, again, why, why would you trust something that, that can't even give the, its own members its accounts? <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> and... Well, yeah, again, I, I, but again, I, I, the, the one thing I want to take away and, and for the listeners is that it's not a bash bash this it's not you know the fact of the matter is we're only we're only mentioning what is uh, uh, what is what's been said and what's going on and i think people have got to understand that I, I like if 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 you if you're all a true rugby league supporter you'd be you'd be disappointed on, on the way it's been handled and and for me i'm gutted that we've even got to talk about it but we have to talk about it because if we don't talk about it then it's accepted and uh, completely those kind of uh, actions are unacceptable one of the quotes from one of our sources is that objections were met by personal attacks with members accused of bitching by what they call RLEF supporters. So it sounds like this we're all in it together message was actually fake news <laughs> or uh, totally what we're getting is fake news. And I, I've got to be honest with the people involved. I can't see it being fake news. This what we're getting. And it looks like there's a massage message gone out to the public. And I don't know if anybody else is reporting on this. I really don't. Um, you may recall there were questions regarding resolution, uh, sorry, that went to a resolution about a director of the RLF requesting a member nation to falsify invoices. Apparently that wasn't answered by the board and the meeting was quickly shut down to avoid any interrogation by members. Instead, members were invited to write an official complaint if they were unhappy and ask for an independent investigation over the subject. If, if that was the case and it was brought up, um, I just don't understand why that, if it was brought up and it's that serious, why wouldn't it be, why wouldn't it be actually addressed at, at a meeting of uh, some substance? Especially if it's not true. Especially if it's not true. So if, if somebody accused you or I of financial misappropriation, I don't know about you, but I'd be straight on the front foot saying, "No, well, here's the proof that I didn't." Well, you're only well, you're only as good as your evidence, aren't you? Yeah. Um, 
quote from one of our sources. Uh, no update on the RLEF's proposed European competition was offered. So you may remember in response to the Euro 13's announcement, the RLEF said they were going to run a European competition. You remember that, don't you, Carlo? Yeah, of course. Uh, instead, Colin Clewig will serve as the chair of the RLEF European Club Competition Working Group, and he was announced as being appointed to that. Yet, apparently, he's had this job for a year. But nobody knew. But, uh, but sticking up for him a little bit, if if he's if he's uh, talking to, to do that position, but he's got no funding to do that position, it's like saying, right, I want you to build an extension, but I'm not going to give you any money to build it. Why did they not discuss the new European competition, though? Um, again, is it funding? <laughs> but again, you, you, if you've put someone in place to do the work in, surely he's got to present, and he's been in place for a year, surely he's got to present what, why? He's got to present something. What's the point of holding <laughs> the position if you're not going to present anything? Um, you and I both want rugby league to succeed. It's in our blood cuts in half, and it says rugby league. Mine says rugby league and Manchester City. Yours says rugby league and pizza and Manchester United, I think. Um, yeah, it does. Um, what do you make of all this? Because we've got friends on both sides, for want of a better term. <laughs> what do you make of all this? What is your what is Carlo Napolitano's true instinct when he hears everything that I've just read out? To, to be honest, it, may, it makes me... Um, I, I don't know when this, this turn of politics or legacy or legacy drive or whatever it may be, the fact that the game now is being forgotten for stupid politics. And I, I don't know when that's happened or why it's happened, but it has happened because we had something that was really good in the European Federation or the Rugby, Rugby League European Federation that was delivering development to and growing the game uh, and it was doing such a good job but for some reason it's just lost its way and every time we ask questions of the people who can answer the questions they refuse to to come on the show and ask them uh, answer the questions and and again the, the, when people do that it feels to me that they've got something to hide yeah. and again it makes it honestly I, I get so embarrassed about how good our game is but yet how poorly it's managed it's 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 embarrassing and you know we're not talking just the european federation the super league who's supposed to be the southern hemisphere leader is northern hemisphere sorry northern hemisphere leader is just poorly managed where we're having papa joe's as a major sponsor yet on a contra deal which no one can fully explain it's, I, like i just it's it's bizarre to think that this is the future of our game and yet people are out there carrying the banner to say yep yeah, and and we're happy with with its current position I, I, it's, it, it annoys me but it also embarrasses me i'd like to have a go at explaining why it happens i think rugby league administrators tend to be players ex-players at whatever level who went to university or ran a business or something like that and we hold rugby league in such high regard that when we get a job in it 
we try and hold on to it for whatever we can, with whatever we can. Most rugby league jobs aren't very well high paid unless you play halfback for the Sydney Roosters or North Queensland Cowboys or Wigan or something like that. The chances are you are lucky to get a job and you've got to hold on to it with everything you've got because there's not many not that not that many other opportunities should you lose that job. And it's not they're not all massively paid either. So other people put their hands in other realms, right? So they do other small businesses or go on other boards or do something else in rugby league on top of that. And I think what happens, because there's not that many jobs, people hold on to them with absolutely everything they got. And I think somewhere along the line, good people end up becoming obsessed with clinging onto that power. There's nothing more intoxicating for some people than power. There's nothing more intoxicating for some people than saying, I'm the chair of this, or I'm the president, or I'm the, you know. But, but, but social, but this is what I mean now, is uh, there's been a change in people, in administrators doing their job to the highest level and never being seen or heard to the fact now we're hearing and seeing everyone yeah. and they're doing such a poor job that it's all about them. It's about my legacy. Mm. And then what happens, Carlo? Instead Sorry, of... No, it's okay. No, continue, mate. What, what happens is they get the job and then they protect it. And, and mates look after mates. So I can look at my own coaching career, trying to coach and break through in rugby league. And the amount of times I've been turned away because I wasn't part of that inner sanctum. Yet my own coaching record is one of the best ones you'll find. <laughs> Sorry to be so blunt about it, but at all the levels. So instead of it being merit a meritocracy, it's, you know, somebody will get a job because they were on the same team as somebody 15 years ago, or they provide some other kind of feather in the cap for the appointee. And mates look after mates kind of thing. I can almost bet my left foot that the general manager of the RLAF that's announced will not be anybody independent, will not be anybody who's not been in rugby league before. It will be somebody that tolls the party line. And that is rugby league's problem. It's uh, mates looking after mates kind of thing. And as a result of that, and when you stay in power for so long, power in inverted commas, can I say, sometimes... And sometimes innocently, but sometimes with a little bit of sinister attached, you take shortcuts. So I always use the example of somebody running a canteen at a club, at a sports club. When you've worked in there for three years as a volunteer, eventually you think it's not a problem if you just grab a can of Coke. Just grab a can of Coke. You deserve it. You've been a volunteer for three years. You can have a can of Coke. But then once you've done that and you've taken that can of Coke and nobody's batted an eyelid, you chance your arm a bit more. becomes two cans of Coke. Let's call it beer. Two cans of beer. And then next thing, you're getting drunk every week after you, and you're not paying a cent or a penny. And then the wrong characters or misguided characters or the power trip, that gets deeper. And I think what's happened, what I can see here, Carlo, is that along the lines... Along the way, 
and along the lines of governance, they've just took their eye off the ball. And before they know it, they've took a few they've took a few shortcuts or not dotted their I's and crosses cross their T's. And now people are saying, hang on a minute. What about this? What about this? What about this? And one of the things with mates looking after mates and all this kind of thing is they they tend to do what they've always done. And I think there's an element of this now, and they're all bunkering up against each other. They're all bunkering down and protecting themselves. That's what I see. And I hope to God we're wrong, Carlo. I hope to God that... Mm. This is all wrong. I hope nobody's falsified invoices. I hope everything's transparent. And I just hope that they just don't understand it. But I'm sorry. The noises are too big. And the people who are making these noises aren't dumb. No, the noises. <laughs> they're good people and they're good operators. Yeah, but also as well, um, actions can't lie. You know, and what's what's happened over the last... Like I, ten years, have we have we progressed, or have we gone backwards? And I would have to say that we've gone backwards. So if that's if that was me under my watch, would I be happy or disappointed in what what's been presented? And I think that's the nuts and bolts of it all. Now, if funding is a problem, then yeah. why hasn't that been sorted out? If we want to grow the sport, why haven't we got Sport Accord or the GAISF? Why has it took over 10 years to get that in order to get more funding? I just like these, there's loads of questions there which just don't, don't feel honest and don't feel, I just don't feel that we've done the best that we possibly Going back to that do. club canteen, no, go, going back to I'm that wrong. club canteen analogy, Carlo, if you're putting your hands in the till, and I'm not accusing anybody of putting their hands in the till, I'm just saying, I'm hypothetical, if you're putting the hands in the till and you're taking coins and somebody does a stock take and you're the only one doing it and nobody's double-checking over your shoulder or you're not getting somebody to countersign something, then anybody can accuse you at any point of taking money. If everything's electronic... Uh, or everything's countersigned and two signatures and that kind of thing, then all of a sudden you're being transparent and covering your backside. And I would suggest that moving forward, the RLAF need to cover their backside with things because th th this happens all over the rugby league world. I'm doing with, dealing with something myself where, again, it's so many questions people on a power trip and, you know, one rule for one and one rule for another. And we can't have that. And you might help me with this issue because my next question, mate, is going to be, how do we get through this? How do we get past this? What needs to happen on both sides? Uh, accountability is one. And you need a broom, mate, just to drag all the dead wood out and start again. I think um, we've obviously had peop some people in long-standing positions and, and they've not been any advantage to, to the cause. Now, whether it's just about hanging in in there and, and just holding on to your job, like you said, survival of the fittest, but that doesn't get us to where we need to go. Now, uh, again, we've got a general manager position 
You know, who knows that who that, who that who's that going to be? But the fact of the matter is, they they need to be strong enough to to understand that. You know, there's an old analogy. If you if you do the things that you've always done, you'll always get the results. Mm. The same results. Yeah. So we need to we need to change the way that we're doing things. And again, money is a major part of that. The funding. Where can we go? I know Tiziano Franchini's uh, proposal of uh, $1, which I think is a cracking idea. I've always been a big fan of it. You know, $1, $1, euro, $0.01 cent, um, from from everything that's involved in rugby league goes into growth. that hard to do. It just needs affiliated large governing bodies to agree to it. And it's a dollar, and and I'm sure yep. the public out there are more than honoured to pay an extra dollar, an extra pound, an Absolutely. extra euro, in order to know that it's going towards global development of our beloved rugby league. And and I think they're the kind of someone what forward. The first year it's all about just getting the coffers full, and then the second and third year is about even distribution you know, helping people grow, helping these small nations, helping nations that don't even have rugby league, how are we going to do it, development plans. This is what we need moving forward. And if people in those positions right now cannot see that, then they shouldn't be in them. It's that simple. And and what stresses me about this RLEF statement on the 13th of September, you'd think everything in the garden was rosy. You'd think we've got something the size of the UEFA Champions League that we're running. We haven't. We've got a very small sport that has got a few shoots popping up in a few different countries. That's it. That's it. And it's gone from being a sport that was very big in Britain 20, 25, 30 years ago to being a very much a minority sport. But do you know what you've got in all these little nations? You've got pockets of just dedicated volunteers that don't get paid anything spend their own money in, in producing uh, and developing the game. I'm telling you, have been through the development cycle. You know, people's goodwill is like a cup. Once it's full, it's done. Yeah? And if you keep on relying on the same people to do the same stuff, mm-hmm. they'll run out. They will just, it will overflow, and they'll just go, do you know what? It's, I'm, I'm giving up. Why am I doing Cool. You have been listening to a very special episode of the Rugby League Europe podcast. We've not given it a number. Episode 11 will be with you soon. Um, If you want to talk to us about the content of this or any other podcast, at the RLE podcast on Twitter, at the RLE podcast on Instagram, and on Facebook, just type in the Rugby League Europe podcast. It seems we're still stuck in the same place, Carlo. Um, The resolutions, I was alarmed when I read them. Would have liked some answers. What we seem to have got is deflection. On this podcast, we'll continue to tell people what is exactly what is going on in Europe. Exactly what is going on. Anyway, let's end it on a high note. How are you going to farewell all our listeners? Chiviamo! <laughs> what does that mean? What does Cherry Barra Vera mean? It means I'll see you later. Chip the Amdo. Toodle pip. <laughs>